Uh, well, this morning is our fall kickoff. It's fall kickoff. Obviously, it's a, it's a fun season. It means that summer is over. Sorry. I know technically it's not. Technically, it's not over yet, but let's just be real. It's over, okay? It's starting to feel cold. I felt good this morning. I put the sweatshirt on. I'm like, oh, that actually feels nice. I enjoy that a little bit. But I want you to do something. Turn to your neighbor real quick. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you got 20 seconds. What was the highlight of the summer? Turn to your neighbor. All right, all right, all right, all right. Hopefully you had a good summer. I hope you enjoyed it. But now that summer's over, it's kind of fall, right? How many of you love fall? You're big fall people, okay, right? If it wasn't the fact that winter was coming, I would love fall as well, okay? But I know what it comes after that. But in, in honor of the fact that it's fall, I've got a few giveaways here this morning. How many of you like, how many of you like mums? You're flower people. You got some flower people? All right, here we go, Sydney. Here we go. We got front row right there. Front row gets a, new, gets a mom. That's great. There we go. And then we got, it's football, all right? We got football. All right, this is, a, this, is a, this is a Vikings football. How many of us, oh, I got a kid with a hand up right now. Boom, caught it. Well done. Well done. And last but not least, I, I was talking to my wife, and she said one of the highlights of the fall, especially for the ladies, is the pumpkin spice lattes. So I've got, I've, got a, I've got a pumpkin spice latte. You want it? Here we go. All right, here it goes. No, sorry. Give it, to, give it to her back there. She gets it right there. There's a gift card in there. Go buy your own. I'm not, I'm not, not, not throwing that one out. <laughs> well, uh, I love the fall. I do love the fall. Um, I consider this the back to season, right? We kind of got the back to school. You know, some of your mom said, Amen, right? Back, get them back to school. That's good for all of us. It's a, you know, for a lot of us, it can be the back to church. Honestly, I've talked to a few people like, hey, I haven't been around in a while. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's good to see you. I'm glad that you're here. We love you being a part of things. But for a lot of us, no matter where you're at in life, maybe you don't have people in school anymore, but a lot of us, it can be kind of the back to routines and back to schedule season of life, right? It's a time to like kind of reset some things. And I think that's, that's good for us because it's a chance for us to refocus our lives a little bit. I love times when we turn a calendar, times when we kind of just set up a new schedule, a new routine, a new season, whatever that is. It gives us a chance to reset a bit. And this morning, what I'm going to do is lead us to a passage of scripture that I think is going to help guide us in this season. Because uh, I, I would guess that a lot of us, Although we might be smiling on the outside, on the inside, we still feel tensions at times. On the inside, we can still have frustrations with how things are, where things are at in our lives. And I think at times, we can honestly just be disappointed with where things are in our lives. And in this morning, I think this is one of those messages that if we'll heed what God's word says, if we'll take a hold of this thing, I think when we're in December this year, we'll be in a far better place than we are today, if we'll listen to what he has to say if we'll actually respond to what he's asking of us. And so that's what we're gonna do. Um, you know, today we know is, is the you know, anniversary of 9-11, right, September 11th. And those of us, you know, we were, I was talking yesterday with some younger kids and they have no idea. They, they were born after that, they don't know. But for those of us who, who remember that, you remember where you are. 
you remember it was a painful, it was an overwhelming, it was a, just a challenging. And at the same time, there was so, so much beauty that came out of it. As you saw people come together, you saw people turn toward one another, encourage one another, you turn, saw people turn to God. It was, a, it was a very unique season. But what I will say is that, that, that despite the fact that it was a tough situation, it was a line in the sand kind of moment, wasn't it? Because I think a lot of us remember what was life like before that and what has life been like after that. There was this, this pivoting moment. And this is a totally different opportunity, but I believe in your personal life, this could be a line in the, in the sand kind of moment. If we'll heed what God has to say to us, if we'll respond to him, this could be one of those moments where in your own story that you look back and say, that's a moment in time when my life changed and things were transformed for me. So can we have open hearts to say, God, what do you want to speak to me? If you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to Psalm chapter 1? Psalm chapter 1. And is our tradition around here, would you stand with me across the room? There's nothing sacred about us standing. This is our tradition here to say, God, we honor your word over what I have to say. All right? Psalm chapter 1. I'm going to read the whole psalm to you. It's seven verses or six verses. Begins here. It says this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And God, I pray right now that you would open us up. God, would you speak to us? God, would, would your word penetrate our hearts to the circumstances that we're walking through right now? Because I know right now people walk in the door, some walk in, everything's going great. Some are walking in with a heavy heart. But God, you said you'll meet us where we are. And so Lord, I pray that you'll speak to us clearly. Give us ears to hear, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Whenever we approach scripture, if you're around here on a regular basis, you know we always ask the same question. We ask, what is the context? What is the context? Because we can come up with crazy ideas if we go to scripture and we don't know. First, we have to know what does it mean, then what does it mean to me? If we don't understand what it actually means, then we can make up some ideas. And so what is the book of Psalms? A lot of you know, you've heard of the book of Psalms. What is the book of Psalms? It's a book of songs. Literally, each of these were independent songs, but they're really like song prayers. They're here to, to speak and, and speak to God. And, and often there's elements of worship. There, there's elements of petition. There's elements of burden. There's a lot of things that are going on in these songs. But this is a book that can help you connect to the heart of God. For, you know, for 2,500 years, this, this book has been helping people connect their hearts to God. And so I'd encourage you, even in your own personal life, there's times where I don't know what to pray. Sometimes I'll just open up and read a psalm and begin to use that as a basis for my own prayer life. Just an encouragement for you, okay? But this isn't just songs. This is theology. Because as you go through psalms, you, you get an understanding of who God is and, and how he is desiring us to respond to him. And Psalm 1 lays a foundation for the rest of the book of Psalms. And in this, I believe God gives us this framework. He gives us a foundation for what our lives should look like. And so there's a comparison that we see in the psalm that we just read, right? Six verses, we see a comparison. And the comparison is between the way of the wicked and the way of the righteous. How many ever watched Let's Make a Deal? Right, you watch Let's Make, you know, the old version, there's a new version. You got two curtains like, hey, you can take this one or you can take this one. This psalm kind of paints that picture. Hey, you've got two options here. 
Which one do you want to choose? And they have two very clear paths. There's two clear, very clear results when you take these. The first one, you talk about the way of the wicked. And when you read the psalm, you understand what's the result of that path. It is death and destruction, right? So what does it say? Let's just read a little bit from verse number four. It says, when it's talking about the wicked, it's saying, listen, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. How many know what chaff is? Some of you never heard of what chaff, like what in the world is chaff? Uh, Chaff is, uh, let's say you've got grain. And you need to separate. You need to get the seeds out of the grain. What do you do? You kind of beat the thing. You kind of break it apart. And what happens? The seed comes out, and then there's the, the remnants, right? The leftover, the stuff that nobody cares about. That's called the chaff. And a lot of times, they would do it in an open area where the wind could blow by. And what would happen? The wind would just blow this remnant stuff away. It's the worthless stuff. It's the stuff that nobody cares about. Saying that's what the way of the wicked ends up leading us toward. But it goes on, and it, it ends this way. It says, the way of the wicked leads to destruction. That's where it leads. But then it paints us another picture, right? It talks about a far more beautiful image of the way of the righteous. Verse number six, it says this, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Like there's this promise associated. When you are walking this way, there's really good stuff. And then we get the imagery, and that's what we read a little bit earlier back in verse number three. It says this person who's walking in the way of the righteous, what? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. For a culture that a lot of times experienced deserts and dryness, that's an amazing thing. A tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. It doesn't take a rocket science to say, which one of those two do I want? (laughs) Do I want the chaff? (laughs) Do I want the destruction? Or do I want the life? Do I want to be the tree that has all this fruit planted and the Lord is watching over it? Is that the kind of life that I want? I think it's so, so clear what we want. But the question is, how do we get there? How do we live a life that way? And I think this passage helps us understand that. But what I find really interesting in this passage is that there's no description of how to follow the path of the wicked. There's no description. It talks about how to have the way of the righteous, but it doesn't talk about the way of the wicked. And I I think that that makes a lot of sense. Why? Because when you think about what Jesus said, it, it helps you understand. Here's what he said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. He said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. What does this Psalm 1 help us understand? Listen, the the way of the wicked is the broad road. The way of the wicked is the broad road. That's the road that everybody is taking. I'd even say it this, the way of the wicked is the default setting. You know what I'm talking about on your computer? You have your default settings on your computer. You have your, when you're going to hit print, there's the default settings on the printer. And if you want it to be anything other than the, the default, you're going to have to do something. But if you don't do anything, it's always going to show up this way. And that's what we understand. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The default setting of humanity is the way of the wicked. It's destruction. It's heading the wrong direction. That's what the normal thing is. If we don't do anything, that's where we're heading. That's the path that we're walking in. But he's saying, if you want to experience something different, if you want the life, if you want to be the tree that has the fruit, if you want all that stuff, it's going to require another step. 
Now, the good thing is the gospel says this, that God made a way. He made a doorway. He made a pathway for us to enter a whole new type of life, a new step. But it requires something on our part. If we want to take the narrow road, right? If we want to walk in the way of the righteous, it requires a step. And the passage that we looked at is going to give us two encouragements for that, all right? First one is this. Be aware of the path you're on. Be aware of the path you're on. I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to tell them what is the longest road trip you've ever taken. Longest road trip you've ever taken. Turn to your neighbor. All right, all right. All right, uh, I've probably done... As a kid, I think we did some road trips to Florida. How many ever driven to Florida before? I drove to Arizona one time. Anybody gone to the West Coast from here? Like, that's a long drive. Okay. With our kids, we've only ever gone to Colorado, and that was long enough. Okay. We don't need to go any further than that in the car. That's exhausting. But there's something you understand. Here's something you have to understand. It's this. Your path determines your destination. Your path determines your destination. A lot of us like to think, well, I want to go to California. But if the road you're on is heading to Florida, you're not going to get to California. Okay? But the same thing is true in our personal lives. Well, I want to be a good person. I want to, I want to be healthy in my finances. Oh, I want to be healthy in my body, right? Or I want, to, I want to cling close to Jesus. I want to know Jesus more. That's great. Those are great destinations. But ultimately, your path will determine your destination. Is your path heading that direction? Awesome. If it's not, doesn't matter what you aspire to, doesn't matter what you're hoping for, your path will determine your destination. Be aware of the path you're on. Look what it says in verse number one. It said, blessed is the one who does not walk in in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. And I love this progression because I think this is how life works. Think about it. Nobody intends to get in debt. Nobody intends to get divorced. Nobody intends to walk away from their faith. It happens one small step at a time, right? Suddenly, I'm on a path that I didn't think I wanted to be on, and I'm heading somewhere I wasn't planning on going. And you look at this, and it it starts. It talks first about walking in step with the wicked. You're walking. Then suddenly, you're standing. And then suddenly, you're sitting, And I think this is how life is. We didn't plan out, oh, we just happened to be with some people. We're walking with them. Suddenly we find ourselves standing around with certain types of people or certain types of behavior, heading in certain directions. And now we're sitting around, we're in a lazy boy, hanging out, whatever it is, whether that's a person, whether that's a sin issue, whatever it is in our life, these things that tend to pull us away from Christ, they are pulling us. And it wasn't the road you were on. You're like, I didn't plan on being here. I didn't wanna be here. You know, student, you're talking to your parents like, I didn't want to be here, but you are now because you got on a path that was heading that way. Adults, you are in the same place. You're on a path and you're like, I didn't plan on being here, but you got on the path. And and scripture would say this, be aware of the path you're on. Your path determines your destination. Be aware. Where is your path leading you today? Today. The path you're on right now. Not where you are, not, I'm not talking about your aspirations right now. I'm talking about where you are today, relationally. Where's your path taking you? In your marriage, with your kids, with your coworkers, 
Where is your path? Is it heading in a positive direction? Are you in a healthy place? Are you walking in a healthy direction? If you keep on that road, is it going to be good? Or is it going to continue to lead you in the wrong direction? Ask the question. Be aware of the path that you're on. When you think about yourself physically, physically, are you on a healthy path? If you keep playing out the path that you're on, will it result in something positive? Are you heading the right direction? Be aware of the path you're on. Maybe your path, when we talk about our emotional state, where are you at? The path that you're on right now, is it heading in a healthy direction? Are you getting the help that you need? Like Amber and I, we've stepped into counseling recently. As a, why? Because we've recognized, you know what? We've gone through some things, and we individually feel like we want to make sure that we're healthy. Not because we're not healthy, but because we want to pursue health in every way. And we want to make sure we're on the right path. Can you help that? Every single one of us. Where are you at? Are you on a path that's actually leading toward health or not? We think about it when it comes to financially. Are you on a, like if you keep playing out the financial direction of your life right now, where is that taking you? Your path determines your destination. But fundamentally, this passage isn't about any of those things. It's talking about you spiritually. Spiritually, where are you at spiritually? Where are you at? Which encompasses everything, everything else before, because honestly, we're all called to be good stewards of our bodies, of our finances, of our relationships, all those things. So it's all actually spiritual, okay? But where are you at? Are you pursuing Christ? Are, are you desiring him? Are you on a road that's leading you toward him? If you said, if I continue in the, in the way that I am right now, the desires, you know, the focuses I have in my life, the priorities of my if I continue down this path, it's gonna lead me to be in a greater intimacy with Christ. Is that the case? Or would you say, if I played this thing out, I'm gonna be just as cold. If anything, I might be further away from Christ than I am today. Beware of the path you're on. And if you don't like where the path you're on is leading you, then we have to make a change. We can't stay where we are because ultimately you're gonna keep it. You know, I say it all the time. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're gonna keep getting what you're getting. And if we don't like what we're getting, we gotta change what we're doing. So what are you doing? What is the path that you're on? What is God maybe calling you? There may be an area of your life. If you could make a change today, if you would make a pivot today, it's possible you could be in a totally different place a few months from now. But it requires you to take a step. And will we do that? Will we be bold enough? Will we be courageous enough to believe that God actually would desire something greater in our life than what we're experiencing today? All right? Number one, be aware of the path you're on. Number two is this. Build your life on God's word. Look what it says in verse number two. It says this. We're talking about, it said, blessed is the one who doesn't do all these things, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. See, just like uh, last week, if you were here last week, we talked about trusting in the Lord and trusting God. We have a tendency to trust in ourselves, don't we? I have a tendency to trust in what I think, what I believe. I have a tendency to trust in what everyone around me is saying, trust in what culture is leading me toward. That's what I have a tendency toward. And he's saying, that's what the wicked and the foolish do. They tend toward that. They listen to what everyone else is, right? They're focused on what culture is saying. That's what the wicked do. And he's saying, don't do that. Build your life on God's word. Now, what is God's word? God's word is scripture, his revealed scripture, what we stand on. But what does it say in John chapter one? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Will you build your life on Christ? Will you build your life on the words Christ has spoken? What he has called and demanded of you. That's what it means to build our life on the word. Would we build it on Christ and on his revealed word? Will we do that? 
That's what it requires if we're going to be one of these who are walking the path of the righteous. Now, I love this. It, it says a couple things. It said, uh, whose delight is in the law of the word. So that's one of the words. It talks about delight. What does delight mean? Take, take joy in something, to recognize the goodness of something. Just be honest with me. Even us as believers, sometimes we can approach scripture and reading the Bible as a have to thing. You ever felt that? Ah, I got to read my Bible. I better get my, I got to go out, to, I got to read my Bible today. I need to do that. You got that, you know, maybe you got a little checklist of scriptures you got to read. Like, I got to go do that. Not a life-giving thing, not a, not a I'm going to delight in this thing, but like a I have to kind of thing. And what if we had a change of mindset to understand what's actually going on when we approach scripture? Because I think for a lot of us, we approach scripture as this like spiritual duty. Like I have a thing I have to do, so then I go do it. What if instead of duty, we recognized our desperation? What if we recognize that, you know what? We're not going to scripture because we need to check a box. We're going to scripture because we are in desperate need of God's truth. We are in desperate need of his guidance in our life. We are in desperate need in a world filled with chaos, trying to constantly lead you the wrong direction, trying to lead you and deceive you. We desperately need a firm place to stand. And so we're coming to God's word, not so I can check the box and say, I did my spiritual duty today, but so that I can say, God, what do you have for me today? Because I want to challenge some of you. Some of you, you approach scripture, because I've done this before myself, where I approach scripture, I'm like, oh, I got to read my one chapter. Boom, read my one chapter, we're done. What if you went saying, God, would you speak to me? God, I need to hear from you today. And the purpose of me approaching scripture is not so that I get my chapter done. The purpose of me going to scripture is, God, would you speak to my heart? And if I get one verse and you grab my heart, I'm not even reading anything else. God, I'm going to stay there. And I want to chew on that. I need that. And that's the other word that we see. It's not just delight, but it says the word is, is meditate. What does it mean to meditate? It's not just to ingest, it is to digest, right? Because sometimes we ingest scripture. Yep, I read my Bible, but then we never think about it again. We don't process it. We don't say, what does this mean for my life? How do I need to live this out? God, what are you speaking to me? We don't meditate on scripture, right? When we hear the word meditate, oh, like that's not what it is. That's not what we're talking about. We're saying, God, I'm gonna give you space to wrestle in my heart on this thing. God, I'm gonna chew over this verse that I read. I'm gonna actually keep, I'm gonna keep thinking about it throughout the day and allow you to speak. God, what does it look like to live this truth out in this situation or in this situation, in this relationship? What does that look like? Will we allow God's word to actually be a part of, to truly build our life on God's word? We're constantly ingesting and digesting things. We are. I read something, it was talking about digital media. Think about digital media, TV, movies, news, music, social media, video games. Have any of you ever looked at your screen time on your Apple phone and how much you look at your phone? It can be nauseating sometimes. I saw a study that said that it's, it's guessed that the average American consumes just shy, I mean, it's like seven hours and 52 minutes of digital content every day. Seven hours and 52 minutes a day. Okay, that is a lot of content. And then you add to it everything that you're reading that isn't digital. You, you add to it every relation interaction that you have, whether they're good or whether they're toxic. We're constantly consuming all of this stuff, right? All these things and all this stuff is shaping us. It's actually conforming the way that we think, the values that we have in our life, right? It, you don't even realize it, but it is shaping you. The question is, how often do we allow God's word to be the thing that's shaping us? How often do we allow God to be the thing? I'm building myself on you. I recognize I have all this stuff coming at me, but God, I'm gonna be intentional to be able to build my life on your word. 
And I wanna, I wanna, I'm gonna, I wanna meddle with us just for a second on this one because I did the numbers, all right? If you come on Sunday and the extent of your interaction with God's word is my 30-minute message on Sunday, you have 30 minutes up against 3,360 minutes a week. That's more than 100 to one. And we wonder why oftentimes as believers, we don't look any different than the world around us. Why? Because we're not actually building our lives on that. We're building our lives on the hundred hours of content we're receiving all week long because that's actually impacting and influencing us far more than what God's word has to say. And so the challenge is, can we get away from all this? Not necessarily, but what we can do is prioritize and say, God, I'm going to choose to get in in your word. I'm going to choose to plant myself here because what's the end result? What's the end result? Either I'm going to choose to plant myself in your word or I'm going the wrong direction. And we know where those lead. And this passage is saying, warning, warning, the default is taking you the wrong way. If we do nothing, it's going to go the wrong way. So we as believers, if we want to truly be followers of Christ, if you don't just want to be, I'm a church goer, you want to be a follower of Christ, you want to give your life and live in his kingdom as we're going to talk in the weeks to come, then we have to be those who plant ourselves by streams of living water. And we're filled up not with what does the world say, but God, what do you say? And we produce fruit, not because we're working hard, but simply because we're planted in the right place. There's life flowing through us. That's what God is inviting us into. That's what he desires for us. And so some practical stuff for you just to think about. You know, how often are you reading God's scripture? I know sometimes people are like, I don't know what it means. That's great. Just begin, though. Dig in. Start reading the Psalms. Start reading through the New Testament a little bit. Begin to hear. Go to Jesus' words. Just read what he has to say. It'll begin to speak to your hearts. But some of you, maybe you need to study uh, there's lots of tools out there. I would say encourage if you never, you're like, I don't, I don't even know how to study. Uh, Bible Project has a lot of videos out there. It, you just watch a video. It's good. We all know how to watch a YouTube video. It can kind of reveal something, open your heart to some things, help you understand scripture a little bit deeper. For some of you, maybe like, I don't read very well. Great. Guess what? The Bible app can play the words for you. You can pull the app out and hit play. When I drive in the car in the morning, a lot of mornings, I'll just hit play and listen to scripture a little bit. Why? Because it attunes my ears to the right direction. It starts planting me in the right place. If I want to have life, then I've got to start planting myself in the right place, the places that produce life. But so many of us, we fill our lives with the things that are literally sucking the life out of us. You know what I'm talking about? You know the people, the relationships, the circumstances. If we have only that, what are we going to be? Dry as a bone. We got to fill ourselves with the stuff that fills us up, right? And the other thing, and I think we miss out on this, and I'm going to, it's perfect with today, and that has, we don't do a very good job of discussing scripture and challenging one another with other believers. Like, I have my personal devotions I read the Bible in my personal way, and I say this all the time, your faith was meant to be personal, but it was not meant to be alone. It was meant to be in the context of relationships. And how often are you getting together with other believers and actually challenging one another in the word, holding one another accountable in what, what, what God has spoken here? Are you taking those steps? We desperately need those steps in our life. And so we've got small groups launching. And if you're in a place, you're like, man, I don't know the road I'm going. You need to go sign up for a small group. Get in a community with other believers who are going to challenge you. And if you do that, you will see results that you would see no other way. You will see yourself grow in ways that you never would when we're on our own because that was never the intention. God's desire is that we would do this whole faith thing in the context of community with other believers, all right? So I want to get to uh, the big so what. We always say this, so what? What's the point of this thing? If you forget everything else I've shared, it's this. God's inviting us to live intentionally. 
God's inviting, his invitation is to live intentionally. If you don't live intentionally, we go the way of the default. We end up falling into the way of the wicked, the broad road that everybody else is taking. But he's saying, listen, I have something better for you. Amber said it earlier, what is Zoe? Zoe life. It means life, the abundant life that is only found in Christ. He's inviting us into this life, but it's requ- gonna require a step, right? The gospel says this, right? All sin and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is what? Death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And by putting our faith in Jesus and recognizing his death and his resurrection, by repenting of our sin, turning away from the way of the wicked and saying, God, I wanna actually turn toward you and I'm gonna submit my heart and my life to you. When we make that step and begin a new journey, it says that we receive the gift of eternal life, both now and forever. That's the invitation that we have, but it requires a step. In a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity, if you've never taken that step, to respond to Christ here this morning. But I think this is an important message for all of us here today, even if you are somebody who follows Christ. You know, there's very practical things here. There's some super, there might just be some practical things in your life. I know for me, I hit the fall back about two months ago, I preached a message on diligence and I said I had been, I had been working out and lifting weights and I had kind of fallen off that. Well, this week I got back to the gym and I got two guys who I'm accountable to and we're showing up at 5.45, oh Jesus, help me, in, in the morning, every morning, working out every morning and uh, my body hurts right now, but it's good because I'm choosing to say this is gonna be a pivot season for me. I'm gonna get back to some things that I need to do. And so maybe there's some practical stuff in your personal life that you need to step into, okay? But I'm gonna, I wanna turn us to two specific things uh, because I think these are areas that God would really wanna challenge us in our lives. First question I want you to ask is this. How can you live intentionally this fall in your relationships? How can you live intentionally this fall in your relationships? Areas of your life, you know, the people in your life, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's with your kids, maybe it's with a coworker, maybe it's with a boss, maybe it's with a friend, it's your parents, maybe it's sibling, whatever it is. Is there a step that you could take? Because maybe the path that you're on is actually really destructive right now. Maybe you're heading in a wrong direction. How could you live intentionally? The second question is this. How can you live intentionally this fall in your faith? How can you live intentionally? Maybe it means, you know what? Rather than showing up to church once a month, I'm gonna try and be here every week because I'm gonna prioritize. I say it all the time. The reason that uh, I encourage people toward attending every week is not because we want our attendance numbers to be higher, but simply because if, if you come every week, you'll never go more than seven days without being challenged in your faith, encouraged in your faith, and being surrounded with other believers who lift you up, have the potential to pray over you. We all need that. Like none of us can live this thing out on our own, right? Maybe you need to get in the word. Maybe you're like, you know what? I wanna, I wanna get back to getting into God's word. And rather than checking a box, I just wanna go receive and, and meet with him. I wanna know him more. I wanna spend a little time pursuing him. I wanna spend some more time in prayer, whatever that is. Maybe it is that step of a small group like we talked about. Like, I I need to take that step. That would be something that would be outside of my comfort zone. It's not normal, but it would be an intentional step that I could take to grow deeper in my faith, grow deeper in my relationship with him. Here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna give a minute because the Holy Spirit can do far more than I can. For the next minute, I'm gonna... I'm gonna not say anything. I'm just gonna pray that the Holy Spirit gives you an opportunity. Would you just look at these questions and pray this prayer on your own? Holy Spirit, how can I answer this? Is there an area I need to lean into this fall? And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. And I believe he's gonna give direction. Thank you, Lord.
Father, we thank you for your invitation to live differently. We thank you for your desire for us to be trees planted by streams of living water. You want us to have fruit. You want us to prosper. You want our lives to be healthier than they are today. And God, I pray that you would help us to be those who plant ourselves in you. God, I pray for the areas that you've spoken to people's hearts, the areas maybe in relationships or in their spiritual life where, where they need to pursue a, a, a deeper commitment to you in some way. Whatever it is, even sometimes pride, like we said, our relationships are spiritual. May we honor you with our relationship. Our finances is spiritual. God, would you help us to live under your authority in our finances? God, every one of these areas, may we pursue and honor you, but may we do it intentionally, God. God, would you guide us and pray? With every head bow and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and it's possible that uh, you heard this message and you recognize, you know what? If I'm honest, I've been in the default setting. My life is heading in the way of the wicked. I've been walking toward destruction and I didn't even realize it. And this morning, either for the first time or I need to recommit my heart to Christ and surrender to Christ again because I, wanna, I want the way of the righteous. I want to experience Zoe life. I want new life. I need eternal life. And God, I, I'm not walking that way right now. If that's you with every head bow and every eye closed across the room, would you just lift a hand with me and say, that's me. I want to respond to Christ this morning. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 anybody else? About four hands have gone up so far. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're with us online, you need to respond as well. It's awesome. Here's what I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask the whole room to respond, uh, but if you are, uh, raise your hand, and this is just something you wanna do, I, I just encourage you to pray this out loud from your very heart, all right? Would you repeat after me? Dear Jesus, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for pursuing me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've been walking the wrong direction. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died and rose again. And I confess him as the Lord of my life. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. I turn away from my sin. And I turn toward you. And I submit my life to you, Jesus. Help me on this journey of faith. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Amen, I'm gonna invite you to stand with me. Listen, there was probably six, seven hands that went up. That's the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. Here's what I wanna tell you. Yeah, you can give it up, come on, give it up. It's the greatest decision you can ever make, but hear this, it is a journey, not just a moment, all right? And we wanna help you on the journey of faith. So if they would put up the QR code on the screens, this QR code is gonna stay on the screen for the next 10 minutes or so. If you made a decision to follow Christ, I just want you to at some point scan this QR and just let us know. We wanna be able to know, and then we wanna be able to come alongside you and give you some resources to help you on the journey of faith. It's the greatest decision you can ever make, but we need the body of Christ around us, all right? So glad for that. I'm gonna invite our prayer team forward, okay? I'm gonna invite our prayer team forward. If you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything, uh, I want you to know that this team is here. When, when I dismiss in a moment, come this way, not that way, allow them to pray with you. But on your way out the door, here's my challenge for you is to do whatever you said you needed to do. In your relationships, in your spiritual life, you saw the areas where I need to be more intentional here. Okay, now do something. If you don't do anything, you're gonna stay on the same path you've been on. 
But if we make a change, God can begin to bring transformation in our lives. And that's what it requires, all right? So make, take that step. On your way out the door, remember we've got our small groups over here. Go stop by, meet one of the leaders, uh, get a chance to know who they are, get yourself signed up. Do not miss out on this opportunity. As well as remember, we got our apparel out in the lobby. Otherwise, we will see you guys back next Sunday as we kick off our new series, Kingdom Living. Love you guys.